Welcome everybody to episode 17 of Talkin' Schmodown. I'm your host, Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog, and I am so excited to uh, get into everything that's been going on in the Schmodown. Uh, as you may have noticed, uh, I didn't we didn't do an episode last week, some stuff had come up, but I'd like to dive into the last two weeks of Schmodown so that I can get it all covered for you guys. So this will be a big double-sized episode for you all, covering uh, everything from uh, April 21st up until this past week. So we will get uh, the both the teams week and the singles week in this episode. So I'm really excited to get into it. So without further ado, let's get ready to talk Schmodown. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to get into this. I've been uh, clamoring to uh, get back on the mic and talk about the Schmodown. I've uh, been loving everything that they've been doing, so here we go. Uh, but before I get into everything, I just want to remind you guys, hop on over to uh, whatever pl- podcast platform you use, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts, whether it's uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. We're now on all the major podcast platforms. So please head on over uh, and subscribe to the feed. It is the Merc with a Movie Blog podcast feed. So please do that. Rate and review. That would help us a whole lot uh, if you would go ahead and do that. So thank you very much for that. So getting into it, uh, I'm going to start off by kind of going over some of the news from the last couple of weeks. There's a little bit uh, that has kind of built up over the last two weeks. Um, The MCU Exhibition Match is currently available for the $5 and up patrons. So if you haven't checked that out, it's a five-way match, uh, all MCU, which is uh, pretty cool. So go and uh, do that. I'm thinking I might do uh, a special episode uh, and submit it to Emma for the the patrons uh, once it's available to everybody on uh, on Patreon. So keep an eye out for that. Also, this month's exclusive print for the fifteen dollar and up tier has been revealed, and it is the uh, uh, poster for the Dan Merle John Roca match from back in February of twenty seventeen. Uh, with the, it's also got the uh, Schmodown Classic Match logo on it. It's really cool looking. It's a Brian Ward original. So uh, if you're interested in getting these uh, kind of collectible uh, pieces of art, these little art prints that they're doing, sign up for the fit that $15 tier. I don't think you'll regret it. I've, I, I love it. I've been enjoying getting this stuff. So uh, definitely do that if it's something that you're interested in. Uh, also, Christian announced that he uh, is entertaining the idea of selling replica title belts 
of the new belts that have uh, been released. And I gotta say, I'm actually really interested. I don't know, he didn't give any sort of like price point or anything, but if if it's affordable, that inner geekdom belt is gorgeous, and I will 100% uh, get a replica of that of that inner geekdom belt if it is uh, affordable. So uh, go and check that out as well. Also, the March behind the scenes video is now available. It's been a little while since they've done one, so go watch that. And also, they released a uh, Patreon tier update video with Emma and uh, Mark Ellis, as well as the monthly State of the Union with Christian Harloff. So if you're on Patreon, go and check those out. We also had a little bit of sad news uh, this this week. Fellow Schmodown fan and reactor Jeff Maliki has passed away after losing a long battle with cancer. Uh, this this guy he he his he was just like a, a bright shining light you know when it came to that kind of stuff and his enthusiasm for the game was infectious it really was like he 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 loved it and so it, it's a sad loss to uh you know for to to lose someone someone like him a, a fan like this so. Um, I'd like to, you know, express my condolences to his family and his friends, and uh, just take a, a quick moment of silence for Jeff Maliki. All right, thank you guys. So, uh, after a, you know a somber note like that, you know it's kind of hard to transition uh, out, but we're you know we're gonna we're gonna move along. Um, so. This, I'm going to start off with the week of April 21st through the 27th, also known as the Teams Week. Uh, start off, we had uh, in, a new Inside Schmodown, and it was the Championship Preview with Ken Knapsack. Uh He talked about the uh, the Chicago event that went down and everything from there. Um, he kind of went into the histories of superhero news and the evil geniuses. I uh, kind of talked a bit about JTE, you know, where he his kind of rise through uh, through the schmodown, and then he talked about the championship match of uh, Dan Merle versus uh, Bibiani, which we'll get into in the second portion of this podcast. So it was a good episode. It was kind of weird seeing him without a guest, but you know, Ken is he's such a professional and he's so good on the on the mic when it comes to this that uh, I think it really worked and he was able to uh, put on a great show uh, no matter what. So if you haven't checked out the uh, championship preview with Ken, go and check that out over on the YouTube page. All right, match one for the team week was Founding Fathers versus the Wildberries. The uh, opening scene started off with great with uh, Grace Hancock and Eric Zipper. They were in the back talking. Uh, he claims that she said that he was that he was in and Mike was out. That it was that he was essentially replacing Mike and that he would become the leader of corruption and. She denies it all and kind of laughs it off at him, you know, laughs at him about it. It's like, honestly, Zip, sorry, but I, I don't see you as the leader of corruption. You, If you honestly believed that, then uh, sorry, because, yeah, that was never going to happen. Then, of course, Mike Kalinowski himself enters the room. Uh, he's not, Eric's not happy about you know, any of the stuff that's going on. Then Mike pulls out his phone uh, and talks to someone. 
gives it to Grace, uh, who says, I'm so excited for you and Stacy. I can't wait. Uh, this obviously squashes that uh, rumor that Eric Zipper was going to be Stacy's partner. Uh, they, you know, this rumor has been proven false now, so we can kind of just all push that aside. Um, so who could it be? You'll actually, if, if you are a patron right now, uh, up on the, the uh, Patreon feed, you can check out their match. That, t- that tag team match is actually up now for uh, all patrons to see and will be coming out on Thursday for uh, the rest of the public. So if you are, if you really need to know who uh, her partner is, sign up for Patreon and go and check out that match, which is up right now. So the Wild Berries are coming in today as the Mild Berries, something different for them to do, kind of toning down uh, their attitudes and everything, their personalities for this match. It was, uh, it was interesting to see, so we'll get into all that. Uh, Ken and Christian were on the desk this, this week, or at least for this match. Uh, they both uh, said that they think that the Founding Fathers are overlooking the Wild Berries. Uh, and, I mean, the, you know, the Mild Berries, as the case may be. Um, because they you know they have corruption on the brain. Um, I, I'll be honest, I don't really see that. I didn't, I didn't really see that at all throughout this match. They, they even like kind of said it multiple times that they, you know, they weren't overlooking. I don't think, they, you know, people like Dan and Roka would do that. You know, they, they've been playing this game for so long. You know, they've had their ups, they've had their downs, they've lost matches that, you know, in all accounts they should have won. But you know, everybody can have a bad day, and. So, so you never count anybody out, and that includes the wild bears. So out first was the the mild berries. I gotta say, seeing them be so mild, very strange. Like I've seen uh, uh, Makuga kind of like do that persona a little bit on like Collider Live and stuff, where they're kind of joking about him being the mild man. However, you know, I, I, you know, when it comes to the schmodown. That's not a persona that that you see, and so it was really weird, weird to see him and Elliot be mild for this match. Then the Fun Fathers came out. Um, I gotta say, I thought their theme music—they had a combined theme music—it was really interesting. It was like a Western uh, Jaws kind of uh, remix. It was really cool. I dug it. So then we get into the match, uh, and you know, as expected, the Founding Fathers. They, they do great here. Um, they end up in the lead at the end of round one, 12 to 8. Uh, I mean, what are you going to do here? Makuga did actually pretty good. He got five points uh, out of his his total, his possible eight. So like he kind of stood uh, toe-to-toe with, with the Founding Fathers, who each got six uh, during this round. It was, However, it was Elliot who kind of fell behind only managing to get three points total out of this round. If he had been able to kind of catch up a little, or, you know, grab a few more of those answers, who knows what would have happened during this game. But, uh, uh, yeah, Makuga actually, I mean, no matter what people may say about him, he's a good, he, he's a pretty decent player. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's really championship worthy, you know, and I don't think he thinks that he's that either. But he he's 
I, he is a good player, and he's entertaining to watch. So, you know, anytime he's going to have a match, I'll be there, you know, with bells on watching that. So, like I said, ended round one, 12 to 8. It's not a great place to be. Four points behind at the end of round one. It's, it's not great. Uh, so, we get into round two Founding Fathers Defer and uh, the Mild Berries. Spin Spinner's Choice, and they go with Comedy. And they actually do pretty well here, getting uh, five out of six uh, questions correct for a total of nine points. However, they did uh, miss one, and, and the Founding Fathers were able to steal for two points. Uh, the question was, what gum sponsored uh, Ricky Bobby in uh, Talladega Nights? And I knew this one right away because it's one of... Uh, mine and my brother's favorite scenes in the whole movie. Uh, and I was really waiting for uh, them to say the line from the movie, which is, if you're not chewing Big Red, then fuck you. And it was just playing in my mind the whole time, and I'm, I couldn't believe that they didn't know it. You know, a Will Ferrell movie and something like a, a line like that, I was just, I could not believe that they did not know the answer to this. It blew my mind. Uh, so that kind of set them back a little bit. Uh, and throughout this round, they used two of their three JTE rules. Uh, once on that, that question that was stolen, and once on their last question in which they uh, went uh, multiple choice. Um, ending this portion of the round, 14 to 17 in favor of the Mild Bears. So they're up uh, by three here, but, you know, it's, the Fawny Fathers still have a whole round to go, you know, a whole uh, second round here to go. And they spin Tim Burton, almost landing on opponent's choice, and decide to stick with it. And they, they also end up five out of six questions. Uh, but they only get eight points. They went to multiple choice a couple of times, and they missed one of their questions. Unfortunately for the Mild Berries, they were not able to capitalize for a steal. Ending round two, uh, 22 to 17, they fall behind another point. And if it wasn't for that steal, uh, you know they would have at least had a you know a little bit of a gain, you know on them. They would have only been like three points. Uh, behind, but that steal really cost them uh, in, in round two. After the events of round two, the mild berries return. Uh, you know they decided. You know it's. I'm sure they had this planned out to where if they. Uh, I'm curious if it would have mattered if they were behind or not. Um, because you know. It's, it's okay, so what happened is. They're behind five points at the end of round two. The mild berries return. They ripped off their shirts, shirts, start chugging booze, being belligerent. Uh, I, I, but like I said, I really wonder if they had been ahead at the end here, would they have still done that? Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm interested, but I guess we'll never know. Then we get into round three. The wild bears are up first. Uh, question was, who composed the score for Avatar? Uh, Josh was debating who to say. Almost went with James Horner, but then uh, went with Hans Zimmer. And unfortunately, uh, because he, you know, he second-guessed himself, he got it wrong. The answer was, in fact, James Horner. 
Uh, he got upset about this, went and grabbed the title. and did, He disrespects the title. He threw it on the ground, picks it back up, grabs it, and flosses his crotch with it. Um, people not, not, too, not too happy about this. And honestly, it's not cool, bro. Not cool. You don't disrespect the title that way. You just don't do it. I understand Makuga's not a, a wrestling fan, so he doesn't understand uh, what what the titles mean, really. You know... And, and how disrespecting them like that is a big deal. You know, to him, it's just a game. It doesn't matter to him when it comes to stuff like that. It's just fun. It's funny. No, it's not. It's not cool. Um, it, it just wasn't. Uh, so, the Wild Berries go for their three-pointer. Uh, Elliot misses it. He uses up the last JTE rule. Isn't able to capitalize. And then it comes down to their five-point question in which, again, they're unable to score uh, any points here, resulting in the Founding Fathers winning via TKO, 22-17. to 17. Uh, They completely screwed the pooch in round three. Maybe they should have stayed the mild berries. Uh, maybe they shouldn't have gotten crazy and just started chugging booze and gotten all you know belligerent and everything like that and wild. And should have stayed focused. Who knows what could have happened. But, you know, it didn't happen. And so there it is. So, uh, in back, Roka calls out... Uh, Ro- actually, as he's exiting the stage, he Roka calls out corruption. Um, so, he, he wants to see them. He wants to get Mike and uh, Chance back in the ring. And I think we'll see that sometime soon. I really do. Uh, during the interview, Dan calls Emma over and suggests uh, that if they win in Houston on uh, the 18th, they should face corruption uh, at the collision, the, at the uh, Schmodown collision. The formerly Collider collision, now the Schmodown collision, which makes sense. Emma says she'll think it over, but st- is strongly leaning toward a yes. And you know that's, it's, that's what it's going to be. I, I, I don't foresee... Uh, it, it not happening that way. Um, again, unless they don't win against Double Toasted in Houston on May 18th, so we'll we'll kind of we'll see what happens there in about a week and a half. Um, I will say the Wild Berries are 100% the most entertaining team on you know in the Schmodown. Uh, it's sad that they don't do as well as uh, they could, but. Well, you know, but what are you gonna do? Uh, they're still entertaining, nonetheless. It, you know, it's it's kind of their shtick. Uh, Jen then calls out Josh uh, for what he did with the belt. Jen, you know, she she's uh, from the world of wrestling. She uh, was in the WWE for a bit. She I think believe she did like backstage announcing or backstage stuff uh, for a while, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember right. So, like, she's steeped in in wrestling culture, and, and like I said, you know, you, you don't disrespect the belts that way. You just, it's just not something that you do. Uh, then Emma came over. Um, you know, him and, and uh, Elliot, you know, they tried to butter her up a bit, but Emma, uh, Emma and Sam, the two commissions, decided that Josh would be suspended for two months, effective immediately. Uh, so there's, you know, that, that's, that's, that's crazy, but you know, it, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure if, uh, it may be an overreaction. I mean, again, he disrespected the title. Not cool. However, 
Roxy assaulted somebody and only got one month suspension. And Josh does what he did and gets two months. It doesn't seem quite even. I do believe there's a, a, a behind-the-scenes reason for all this, um, which, uh, which we'll get into uh, during the uh, second portion, during the singles, uh, after we talk about his singles match, because we did get an end scene here. Uh, Emma is in the back looking for Sam. She confronts him for not being around. Uh, you know, this, is she going to try to usurp Sam? I don't know. Maybe take over the whole league. This will lead to Sam uh, kind of stepping up uh, over the next week, uh, doing some other stuff, kind of acting a little weird, which we'll get into uh, uh, over the next few matches. So then we get into match two. Uh, for the week of April 21st through the 27th. And that was Evil Geniuses, uh, which is now JTE and Lon Harris with Jonathan Harris as the manager, versus Superhero News, Sean Gerber and Sabina Graves. Uh, the opening scene for this match, Sam in the back. Makuga comes up to apologize to Sam. Uh, then Sam offers him a stipulation. He says that if he plays... Paul Oyama, and wins, that his suspension will be over. But if he loses, that they will add an extra month to his suspension. So obviously, you know, he, he reluctantly agree, agrees. Uh, this is a tough one. We'll, we'll see the result of that when we get into the singles week. But uh, not looking good for Mr. Josh McCuga. So it's weird, I gotta say, it was weird to see two team matches in one week outside of a tournament. Uh, and the same goes for the singles when, when they did it. Uh, I'm not 100% sure why they went this route. Um, I don't know if Christian, you know, after all the stuff with Chicago and everything, they're just trying to, like, kind of shuffle things back together and whatnot. But uh, it just seemed weird. I don't know. It was odd to get two team matches and then two singles matches instead of having them spaced out uh, at all. I don't know. It was kind of weird. Um, then uh, we got the official return, like I said, of the Evil Geniuses since they had uh, had to split during Anarchy due to JTE's injury. Uh, and so the first out of the curtain was Superhero News. They had a cute little puppy with them. I thought that was fun. And then out came the Evil Geniuses. And we... Get into the match. It stayed pretty close uh, for the most part. Uh, really, it was it was very similar to the to the last match, the Founding Fathers and uh, uh, Wildberries match, where uh, you know two of the players got six points, one got five, and one got three. It was like the same numbers. It's just the, the they weren't on the same uh, teams. You know the way they were in the other one. Um, the score at the end of round one, 11 to nine. So it stayed a bit closer than it did in, in the other match. Uh, but we saw Sean kind of being the weak link here, uh, going through only getting three points out of, out of his possible eight. Sabina actually, uh, led the, led the charge with her and JTE both getting six points. And Lon only getting five. So th this was a nice showing um, for Sabina Graves. Not so much for Sean, but definitely for Sabina. I, I think she's definitely got a future 
in uh, the, the standard league. Uh, round two came around, and the evil geniuses spin directors and stay. They go through and they wipe out their uh, entire category, getting all six questions right. Uh, they went to multiple choice twice, so they end up with 10 out of a possible 12 points. Then, uh, so it ends this portion of the round 21 to 9. They are up by 12 here at the end of round, or their portion of round 2. And if, uh, if Superhero News wants to, you know, catch up, they have to literally clear the board with no multiple choice just in order to tie. Uh, they spin modern classics and uh, decide not to go with that. Respin and get 80s movies. Not a great showing here. Um, they go to multiple choice for the first five questions. Uh, of their six total questions... They only managed to get two of them correct, uh, and both of those were multiple choice. So they only end up getting two out of their 12 points. Um, the Evil Geniuses managed to sneak away with two points of steals. They steal two of the questions for one point each. Yeah, this this was not this was not good. Uh, not a good second round because Evil Geniuses end up walking away with a with a KO win here. Uh, 23 to 11, so they end up winning, uh, getting a, you know, they, they keep that 12-point uh, buffer and walk away with the win, never even having to go into round three. Uh, they get themselves a KO over Superhero News. It's a fairly quick match because of that. You know, the, I don't know, that round two, man, I don't know what was going on, but it was rough to watch. It was so hard to watch that that one go down um i i definitely think sabina has a promise in the singles league uh obviously 80s is not her strength but that doesn't mean that something else you know some other categories wouldn't be not everybody has strengths and everything so you know that you know that happens um i do think i i can see her uh, making a making a play for singles I think Gerber should go back to because I know he's done some stuff in Inner Geekdom. I think he should go back there and focus Inner Geekdom. Um, as we find out during the post-interview superhero news, they you know they decide to amicably split, which you know I I get it. You know they haven't been doing great, and it's time to move on and do other things. Apparently they had talked about it. Um, they had too many of the same strengths and weaknesses, so they weren't really able. To complement each other as well as other teams have, so I get that. Like neither of them knew '80s, you know. So uh, you know, it, you need you need a partner who can really fill in those blanks. So I understand. Uh, but like I said, I think they should. I think they should hit some singles runs. Uh, Sean should, should go back to Inner Geekdom. Do you know? Kind of do some stuff over there. See what happens. And Sabina should try out the singles league. I, I think she could do well. Uh, during the interview for the Evil Geniuses, uh, I, I felt it was a lot less awkward than the previous uh, one that they had. I think JTE is finally kind of playing along in his own way with the uh, kind of over-the-top absurdity of the Harris brothers. So uh, it, it felt a bit more, it had a bit more of a flow to it. So I was happy to see that, and he's starting to kind of fit in a bit more 
uh, with them. And then JTE calls out the odd couple, uh, and he wants he wants evil geniuses to to, to face them because he wants to he wants to take on his former uh, teammate from the Patriots, Jeff Snyder. So uh, I, I'm excited to see that. And that was the end of the teams week. Uh, so now we're gonna hop into the singles week, which was April 28th through May 4th. Uh, we had an inside schmodown with Paul Oyama. Uh, apparently, Paul went 17-0 in the fan leagues, had five belts, uh, and and has beaten Chance Ellison. So this guy, he is uh, he's a force to reckon with from there. So uh, you know, we'll have to see what he can do. He did win his first match against Brendan Myers. So you know, he, but he didn't do so hot during the free for all. You know, Brennan, Brennan really, really showed what he's got during the free-for-all. Paul only lasted, I think, into a second round. So, who knows, really. You, like I said before, you know, anyone can have a bad day. Um, but you got to make sure you got the knowledge. If you got the knowledge, you got the knowledge. And if you don't, you don't. It's simple as that. Uh, Ken, I thought this was great. Ken called out his, uh, Paul's ego, which he has in Spades, man. This dude, he's got like one of the biggest egos that you'll find in the Schmodown. It's ridiculous. Uh, he, I, and I agreed with him. He is egotistical, man. Um, like I said, he barely lasted in the free for all, and this dude still thinks he's like top shit. Uh, Ken soul or Ken said it perfectly, uh, better than than I've probably articulated it. He is Paul Yama is a prick. You know, so I get that. I don't know if he, if this dude is like this outside of the Schmodown. I don't know if this is just his character or if he's actually, you know, maybe he's a, maybe he's a real nice dude outside of it. I have no idea. All I've got is his character, and his character is a prick. He, I cannot stand him. Like most of the heels, like you got, you know, like when Mike, you got Mike Kalinowski, you, you've got. Uh, Andrew Guy, guys like this, I still like them. They've got so much charisma that you still like them. But this Paul Oyama dude, he, he I just, I do not like him. I don't think he's got the charisma uh, for it, but he's just, he's just the heel you want to hate. He's not the heel you want to love. He's the heel you want to hate. Uh, and I guess, I guess you need that once in a while. So, um... This was actually the shortest episode yet, and I gotta say, I was a little bit thankful for that. There's only, I think, been two episodes that have been under 10 minutes, and this was one of them. I think the other one was Stacy Howard, but it was like just shy. It was like nine minutes and like 42 seconds or something like that. This one, I think, was like eight minutes. So it was real short, uh, and I'll be honest, could have been shorter. <laughs> So we hop into match one from the singles week, and this one is the Josh Makuga versus Paul Oyama match, uh, it, with the stipulation that if Josh wins, his suspension is over, uh, but if he loses, he's suspended for an extra month. The opening scene was Emma in the back, and Grace comes in, uh, tells Emma that she wants a match for Stacy and her new partner, and requests late to the party. Which uh, we you get to see is up. That's the match that is up on Patreon right now. It's the Crimson Fury. That's their team name. 
uh, versus late to the party, uh, Stacy and her mystery partner versus uh, Robert and Vanessa. So go and check that out if you haven't already. Uh, we have Ellis and Marquia McCarty on the desk uh, for this week and her debut on the desk. Uh, I really liked her on this. I thought she did a really good job. So she has a good uh, energy to her, good personality. So uh, I'd love to see her back on the desk. So we go into this, and I got to say, Josh McCuga, man, he showed what he's got. He had a hell of a round staying neck and neck with Paul Oyama and keeping pace, man. Uh, seven to seven at the end of round one. How, like, seven points. Makuga, where you been this whole time? I I was not expecting that. I was expecting five, maybe six, if you're lucky. And I half expected Oyama to get a perfect round. So I just figured maybe like five to nine at the end of the scene. But no, seven to seven. That was that was that was freaking wild. I couldn't believe that. Uh, some some notes during this round. Uh, question three. Uh, the questions uh, said uh, this Marvel actor. Uh, and, it, and it was about um, it, the the answer ended up being Ryan Reynolds, uh, but I I thought that it was a bit misleading. Um, I I don't think it was meant to be, but I feel like it should have said I don't know because I understand that you know when you say this Marvel actor it can be any any Marvel movie and that's what it ended up you know being. And that's why the answer was Ryan Reynolds. But I was unsure uh, that other people were going to get that. And it kind of almost read more like like it wanted somebody from the MCU. Which I think is, I believe, Makuga answered Chris Evans. Um, because I think that he, I don't think he was thinking outside of the MCU because we're so steeped in that, especially right now, um, like with Endgame and everything like that. And you know, it was there's so much hype even before the movie came out, uh, which I believe I'm sure this was uh, uh, recorded before that. So um, I, I don't know. I, it just felt a, a little bit misleading, but like I said, I don't think it was meant to be, and I'm not on, honestly sure how uh, you, you know to, to to have like rephrased it, but. It is what it is. Um, so then we got down to that final question, that, that eighth question. Uh, Oyama was on a streak. He had gone, you know, seven for seven at that point. And uh, he got a bit too confident in himself and wound up missing his first question of the game, costing him that perfect round and uh, sealing the tie at this point for him and Makuga. Like I said, seven to seven. The end of round one is wild. Congrats on that. That's a that, that that is something to be proud of, Makuga. Seven points, man, and tying Paul Yama right there off that first round. You you uh, you really kept him on his toes, and I I appreciate that personally. So we hop into round two. Uh, Josh defers, and Paul spins spy movies. Decides he doesn't like that, and respins to classics, and gets three out of his four questions right for six points. Uh, Makuga unable to capitalize on a steal for the one missed question, ending this portion of round two, seven to thirteen in favor of uh, Paul Yama. Then Josh goes up, spins coming of age movies, and decides to stay, which I think was a mistake. 
Uh, coming of age, as he finds out, coming of age can be pretty broad. Uh, it could be lots of things are considered coming of age movies. It's not just going to be, you know, the typical. It's not going to be like just the John Hughes flicks and things like that that you're you typically think of. There's lots of stuff it can be, and this costs him. He ends up only answering two out of his four questions for two points. He goes multiple choice on all four, uh, missing two of them and allowing Paul to get a steal off of one of them. So at the end of round two, we go from a tied game to a five-point deficit, 9-14 to 14 in favor of Paul Oyama. Uh, and he falls behind hard at the end of round two. Uh, then we get into round three, and his his rough rounds just continue here as he's only able to get his three-pointer, uh, giving Paul Oyama the uh, TKO win uh, of 14 to 12. You know, it, it, not a high-scoring thing, but he didn't have to do too much either, you know. So, unfortunately for Josh... Uh, he did not win this match. And then we find out that he is suspended now for an additional two months. Which I don't understand why, you know, they didn't, they, they changed it. Because in in the uh, the end credit scene from the week before, it said one month. And they even played that again at the beginning of the, of the match, or the, of the video. So it said one month. But they changed it to two um I have a feeling that because if when I was listening to Collider Live uh, recently, I believe it was Collider Live, uh, Josh had talked about uh, like he had called in to the set, and I guess he's like writing a script or something. So he, you know, because he was out, and I believe he was writing a script. And so I'm wondering if that's what's going on. If he needs a few months off to work on on this script, and that's one of the, and and that's the big reason. And I'm wondering if he need ended up needing more time or something. So they changed it to an additional two months. If he, you know, I'm sure he was confident that he wasn't gonna win, and that's why he was okay with putting it on the line. They probably would have. The thing is, I doubt he would have played anyways. You know, him and, and Elliot, they, they don't play often in general. So it wouldn't have shocked me to have, you know, even if he had won here, it honestly wouldn't have shocked me to not see him around for the next three to four months. I just, I buy that, you know. So I think it, w- I don't think it would have mattered. I think he would have been out of the, you know, out of the schmodown for those, that time frame anyways. Um, but I, I have a feeling that it's because of this, uh, script that he's writing that he uh, he needed the time off. So, so we go into the uh, backstage interviews. Paul he wants Chance Ellison, um, but I gotta say, did I? I don't know if I missed something. Like I was going through my notes and everything, and I didn't see anything from the past two. You know, these past like that past week and everything. I didn't see not anything. But he says that Chance has to. Or, uh, I think. Jen might say this, that Chance has to go through either Emma or Rosie. And when did this happen? I don't remember anything like this happening. And I assume that that means that Emma and Rosie are playing each other at some point. 
Um, I, I don't know. Did, if, did Jen spoil something here? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'd love to know what happened there because I, I feel like I haven't heard or seen any other reference to it. So I'm interested to uh, find out what happened there. Uh, then we get to Josh's interview and his rant about the, the movie Fist, which was one of the questions that he missed was was great he just went he just went on and on about it it was hilarious and then he kind of went off about paul oyama and that was that was good too i dug that um then we get to our ending scene for this uh match and it's sam and he's talking to the singles belt he says uh do you miss your daddy and he called it a handsome boy uh very strange this whole thing is getting real weird um, then Jay Washington walks up, and you know, he's kind of weirded out a little bit by it. Um, and he asks Sam for a singles match uh, for Janine, specifically Janine versus Mike Kalinowski. And without hesitation, Sam grants him the match. Uh, Jay, you know, he's happy about this. He uh, he takes off. Sam goes back to talking to the title. I don't know what they're doing. But this is some weird stuff going on, I gotta say. Uh, Sam talking to the title. I don't know, man. This is some weird stuff. So then we're going to hop into match two for the singles week. The final match for this big episode here. Uh, and this is Dan Merle versus William Bibiani in a singles title match. So this was a great match, I gotta say. I really enjoyed uh, watching these two titans of the Schmodown just kind of face off against one another. It was great. So we got an opening scene. Sam back again. This time talking to another inanimate object, a cardboard cutout of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, Dan Merle comes up. Sam presents him with the brand new singles championship belt. Uh, it's a great looking title. Uh, I'm so glad that uh, that they're really embracing everything, kind of moving away from the Collider era, because uh, that was the thing. The you know I love these new belts, but um, you know the, I love the old belts too. But I'm glad that they're doing these new belts because the old ones had at least with the singles title. I'd have to go back and look at the other one, um, the other two, the the team in the in the inner geekdom, but. The singles belt, at least the old one, had the collider, collider, the collider logo on on both sides of the bit of the main plate, um, that like the two small plates on there were just big old collider logos. So it makes sense that since they're not actually, you know, part of collider anymore, you know, they're on their own, that they would want the belts to signify that. So uh, I, I I dug it. I really like their looks. Uh, so then we get into the match. Bibbs comes out first. Uh, he his entrance. He's he, in a like a school hallway. Uh, he sits down. He says that he's out of ideas. He he doesn't have. He's got nothing this week. He's out of ideas. Which I'll be honest. You know what? Saw that coming. At some point, I was like, he's got. You know, he he can't keep doing this. He's doing big entrances every single match, and he's had quite a few. In just the few months that uh, season six has been rolling, he has been just like powering through this season, man. So 
He's he's gone through quite a few uh, different entrances. I thought this one was kind of fun. Um, I thought it was funny that he was sitting down because that's his whole shtick is you know still standing. That you know he's, he even had the shirt on, so it's still standing. And so I just thought it was funny that he specifically grabbed a chair and and sat down uh, for this part of the entrance. I thought it was kind of interesting. Then Dan comes out next with Mark Riley, and I gotta say I love his music. I think I've said it in in, a, in past episodes that he's been on uh, recently, but he's got this new uh, like remixed Jaws kind of like almost like rock version. I don't know. It's super cool. I dig it, and, and I would like, I would download that man. I love it. It was I I, I really I really like his, his his music. It's really good. Um. What I thought was kind of cool, Dan chooses to stand as well, kind of like uh, out of out of uh, politeness, uh, is what he says to uh, William Bibiani. So I thought that was cool. See them both standing. However, uh, he is very tall, so you know he had to kind of like crouch a bit to keep himself in frame. So we get into the match. Um, I gotta say, this was not quite as good. Like this round was not quite as good as I anticipated. Uh, it ends six to five uh, in favor of Dan. Um, they both you know, missed a few questions here. I was a little bit shocked. I was not expecting. That. I was expecting at least one of them to get a perfect round, or you know, at least get like seven points. Um, but it you know it didn't happen. But and in their uh, I think it was question number six, they missed the answer. Waiting like the movie waiting. I almost like. Dudes, come on, that movie is so good. I love Waiting. That is one of my uh, favorite, like, Ryan Reynolds comedies. It's so, I don't know, to me, it's so funny. Uh, the sequel's not not great. Still Waiting, if you guys have seen that. But uh, the Waiting is one of my faves. I love that flick. So uh, if you have not seen Waiting, go and check it out. Justin Long, Anna Ferris. Uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Dane Cook, got all kinds of people in it. Uh, I think Dave Keckner's in it. Uh, so many, so many great actors are in this. So many great comedic actors are in this movie. It's so funny. Go check. And if you have ever worked uh, in food service, you will understand the plight of these characters. It was great. So we move into round two. Uh, Dan removed the spinner's and opponent's choice, which uh, I think is a, the smartest idea. Uh, no champ should ever leave those on. That is is toying with, uh, with with fate too much to leave those on. Never, I would never do that, and I'm glad that he does not uh, either. Uh, Dan defers to Bibbs, and he spins drama, decides to respin, and lands on Kevin Smith. And I was like pumped about this, man. I love every time that Kevin Smith, uh, so the, that wheel slice gets landed on and gets uh, actually stick around, because it doesn't happen very often. And that is one of my categories right there. I I love the Kevin Smith category. Um, for me, I would have gotten seven points because there was one question that I would have needed to go to multiple choice because I just could not pull. Uh, Michael Parks' name. I just I was sitting. I was like, oh my god, what is his name? I can picture him. Frickin' what is his name? And I know that if I'd gone to multiple choice, uh, I would have I would have gotten Michael. I would you know they would have said Michael Parks. I'm like, bam, that that's who it is. 
Because as soon as, as Bibbs said it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's fucking Michael Parks. I knew I knew it. It was on the tip of my tongue. And uh, so, yeah, and I knew the other three uh, questions, you know, f- without multiple choice. So I would have I would have nailed that. And I, so I love every time because it makes me feel a little better. I was like, I at least have one category that I know for a fact. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crush it if I'm ever in there. So uh, Bibbs gets all four of his questions correct. Uh, he does go to multiple choice on one of them, his fourth question, which was uh, what was the name of the first uh, porno that they uh, were filming in Zack and Mary make a porno? porno and that was uh, Star Wars. And I knew that. I've watched that movie so many times. It's so funny. Uh, I love it. It's, it's such a good one. Uh, he had to go to multiple choice for that, and uh, I, I, I'm, I assume he just was unsure. But then you know, while he's doing it, he says he's like, I just wanted to hear you, uh, what make up some weird porn movie names, uh, but there were some funny ones in there as well. Um, then Dan goes up and spins Stanley Kubrick and uh, stays with that, and just like Bibbs goes four for four for seven points. Uh, going multiple choice on his last one, exactly the same. So it's pretty much a wash for uh, for this round, uh, ending uh, round two, thirteen to twelve in favor of Dan. Then we go into round three, which was the betting round. Category wound up being mixed bag. One of the worst categories to get, but one of the most intriguing categories to get uh, when it comes to the betting round. Uh, both Dan and Bibbs wound up betting two points. However, Dan got it right and Bibbs got it wrong. It ended up being a um, uh, movie release dates question. And Bibbs was not able to uh, capitalize on that. And this is where it pretty much sunk him. Really, this is where the game ended. Because um, he ends up with a five-point deficit here. 15 to 10 at the end of round three. It was a big miss for Bibbs. Uh, when something like that happens, it's almost impossible to, to bounce back from. It really is, is, is hard. Especially when you have a seasoned vet like Dan, who's been a multiple, he's a three time champ. You know, so he, he's been in lots of title matches. So he's done like the speed round. So it's like you can't bank on just being able to dominate the speed round because he's been there. He's been able to do that. Um, and, you know, it kind of shows here as both Bibbs and Dan uh, wind up buzzing in twice and getting their, their answers there. And, and in one of the que- their fourth the fourth question, they neither of them did because they were unsure. But it, it, round four ends up just being a wash because they both end up with two points. So you end round four, 17 to 12. Bibbs goes into round five, the final round, with a five-point deficit. And that is that, you know, that you don't want to be there. I mean, at least at least he didn't fall any further behind in, in that betting round, but or in the uh in that uh buzzer round. But, you know, he also didn't gain any traction either, so. And it seemed like he was, because he, he nabbed those first two uh, questions in the speed round, you know, so it's like, oh, yes, okay, come on, Bibbs, let's go, let's go, but then he wasn't, wasn't able to get anything on the, on the other three, so it, it really, 
unfortunately, he just wasn't able to capitalize there. Then we get into round five. Uh, he la- Bibbs lands his two-pointer, but is unable to get his three or five. Unfortunately, a bad round for Bibbs when it comes to round five. And Dan Merle retains his title via a TKO. Uh, this is actually his eighth KO out of 12 wins. And he is actually the first to reach 12 wins. So this is this is huge. He is the GOAT, man. He is the great three-time champ, first to, to hit 12 wins. He's got eight knockouts. This He is undoubtedly, in my eyes, the greatest Schmodown player of all time. It, it's simple as that to me. And I, I would not be shocked if he uh, becomes the next uh, double-belted champ. You know, him and Roca as the founding fathers, I wouldn't be shocked if they wind up with the with the belts. So, like I said, this was a, a rough final round for Bibbs. So, uh, you know, but, you know, he, he stays strong. He gets back and he's like, you know what? This was just a practice match. And he, he, he wholeheartedly believes that he will see Dan again. He does still have that uh, number one contenders match that he can uh, use whenever he wants. So... We'll see kind of what happens there. He's still high up in the ranks. He could work his way into a into another title match just on his own, you know. So we'll we'll kind of see what happens for the rest of the season. It's there's still a ways to go in this season. So, uh, and I gotta say, it's really nice to see Dan Merle so invested in the game. He was really into it uh, during his, his post interview. Uh, really psyched about it. Um, I honestly that the first time around. I don't really think he was super invested. Um, I think that he enjoyed playing, but I don't think he was nearly as invested. And now he is, and I love it. Then we get into our end scene, and Emma is back. She she is uh, in the back talking, and Rachel comes up to her. Apparently, she called Rachel back there. Uh, Rachel, you know, gives Emma a bunch of compliments about how. Uh, you know, great, uh, you know, uh, she was his manager and all this stuff. And then Emma presents Rachel with the brand new Inner Geekdom belt, which is absolutely gorgeous. I love this belt. It is phenomenal. And I really do hope that Christian ends up being able to do uh, replicas, even if it's like the little, like, uh, like the little kid, like the toy replicas, they're made of plastic. I would be cool with that. You know, I don't need a full-size belt that's going to cost me 200 bucks. You know, if it's like 40 bucks and it's like a real small thing, I'm down with that, man. Because these things are gorgeous and I would love to have all three of them, personally. Uh, then she, you know, so they, they do that. And then she presents her with the tag team belt because she is a double champ in her geekdom and tag teams so that was great i kind of wish that clark was there to get her belt as well but you know it is what it is she's probably busy i mean she does a lot of stuff and she's working over with dc on dc daily so i i get it you know she that's why that's one of the reasons why she's not really uh, on Collider all that much. She barely does stuff over there anymore. She's got a lot going on, you know. And I miss her over there, but it is what it is. She has to live her life. That's cool. 
Um, we had a five, I feel like it's been a while since we've had a Schmodown breakdown with Frank Janish with Frankie Numbers. Uh, but uh, we had a new uh, segment of that for this match. And I gotta say, I'm loving all the new graphics for it. It's, it was awesome. I really dug the look. So I don't know who's doing all the graphics for it and everything, but bravo, it looks great. So that wraps up everything for this uh, double episode here. Uh, it was a little bit shorter than I expected, to be honest with you. I was expecting uh, like an hour and a half worth of stuff, but got about an hour or so, which you know is a little longer than usual. So uh, you know, but I'm really glad I was able to get in and talk about uh, the last two weeks of of the Schmodown. And uh, up coming up on next week's show, I'll be talking about the. Uh, Tag team match Crimson Fury, which is Stacy Howard and her mystery partner, versus uh, late to the party Robert and Vanessa coming back, coming down from Arizona to uh, face off against Crimson Fury. So I'm excited. I, I'm, I've missed late to the party, so it's nice to uh, have them come back uh, and, and do this match. And if you if you're a member of the patron of the Patreon, uh, like I said, you can go and check out that match right now. Uh, it's available to all patrons and will be up on Thursday for uh, the rest of the public. Uh, it's got a great cover image. I don't I don't know if it's been made public yet. If the cover image, at least, has, like the thumbnail, has been made public, um, but it's got it shows uh, what the costumes for late to the party will be, and I really dig it. I, I'm excited to see it. I haven't watched it yet. I'll be watching it in the next couple of days, but uh, I, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I'll also be covering the Mark Riley versus Jeff Snyder match. Uh, with this match, if Jeff does not win, Roxy is uh, their manager. Roxy is suspended for an additional uh, month. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, it's going to be a good match, I think. Mark Riley and Jeff Snyder, a couple of powerhouses, a couple of vets. It's it's going to be good. Uh, and they'll also uh, also be talking about the new episode of Inside Schmodown. Um, it wasn't up when I checked before uh, starting this uh, recording, but on the schedule it says Roxy Schreier, uh, who just had just just was on the show recently. Um, but it it does make sense seeing as uh, Jeff Snyder is, is is you know has a match. This week, and that the stipulation affects her, um, so it makes sense, I guess, that they would she would be back on the show to talk uh, about uh, about all this stuff. So um, I'm interested to see if that if that is accurate, if it's even up yet. Uh, check the uh, YouTube page to see if, if if that's up there. If you haven't been watching Inside Schmodown, I highly recommend it. They're only usually like 10 to 15 minutes, so you know, take some time and go and check it out. They're really they're really cool. Uh, if you really love the Schmodown and want to dive in a little bit extra, get a little bit extra meat on it, uh, check out Inside Schmodown. Ken is great, and he has some great guests as well. Also, coming up soon, uh, the May 18th live show in Houston from uh, the Booker T uh, Arena. They'll be facing off, in, you know, they'll be having their matches inside of a wrestling ring, which is really cool. It's going to be... Uh, Ben Bateman versus Andrew Guy, former brothers facing off uh, against one another. You know, you know who's the boss in the family 
colliding. So I'm excited to see that. And uh, we'll also see the Founding Fathers versus Double Toasted in a tag team match. So uh, I'm pretty pumped to, uh, to, 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 to see this show. Like I said, that's May 18th. I believe you can still get tickets for it. So head on over to, uh, I, think, I believe the site is theshmodownlive.com. So head over there. Uh, I think you can also find the link on triviasd.com. So go over and get. make sure to get your tickets for the Houston show on May 18th. Uh, that's it for me. This was a great episode. I'm so happy that I got to talk about everything. Uh, please be sure, like I said at the top of the show, head on over. Uh, we're on all the major po- uh, podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course on SoundCloud, which is where uh, I load it uh, directly. So head over to whichever or all, I don't care, that'd be awesome. Head over to those platforms, uh, follow, uh, you know, subscribe. And then uh, give a, a rating and a review. You know those really help uh, boost us in in, in the uh, in the rankings. Uh, four or five star rating if you were liking what you're listening to would be amazing. I would absolutely appreciate that. And if you ever want to talk Schmodown or anything else, hop on to our uh, to my social media accounts. You can find me uh, on Facebook and on YouTube at Merc with a Movie Blog. And you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at MovieBlogMerk. And be sure to check out uh, the other podcast that I produce and upload on the site, uh, on the feed, which is uh, After Live. It's the unofficial Collider Live after show. Uh, we've got Mike Janik. We've got Jay Wade. Um, we've got a new host uh, coming in where we've been... Uh, we lost Sean, unfortunately. He he was unable to continue on the podcast. We you know we wish him all the, all the luck in whatever he does next. He was a great uh, great co-host. Uh, we've decided though, since you know we lost Sean, that we are going to kind of switch it up and look for a female co-host this time. Get get that female perspective in there. Um, we found a couple of uh, possible hosts, so we're gonna try them out. Uh, so keep an eye, uh, keep an ear out, um, and and uh, we should have one for uh, this upcoming uh, upcoming week. Uh, we'll have our first female co-host on that. So uh, make sure to check out if you're a big fan of Collider Live. Check out After Live on the Merc with a Movie Blog podcast feed. Also, be sure to check out my website, uh, which is MercWithAMovieBlog.com. Uh, I do uh, reviews and, so, and all kinds of stuff there. I recently posted uh, my uh, summer film challenge up there, which is you know summer film challenge 2019. It is a domestic box office uh, prediction game essentially. Me and a couple of guys from my uh, from the other site that I run, uh, DC Comics News, we got together. We did a podcast where we uh, predicted what the top ten domestic uh, summer box office hits will be, and it was a it was a great time. So go over there and check that out. It's the Summer Film Challenge 2019 over on MerkWithAMovieBlog.com. Uh, also keep an eye out for my Avengers Endgame uh, spoiler review 
which will be up soon. I'm going to see it again. I wanted to wait until I got to see it a second time. Because I really, I've been mulling things over. I've been taking, like, writing down notes, writing down thoughts and ideas. And I've got so much stuff that I want to say. But I really wanted to see it one more time before I put pen to paper or put my fingers to the keyboard, I suppose, is a better analogy. Um, So keep an eye out for that. Um, Yeah, and uh, if you have any questions or anything, feel free to hit me up. I'm always poking around social media. And uh, sometimes I'm in the discords. The very you have the collider and you have the movie trivia schmodown discords. I'm kind of you know just poking around in there every once in a while. And uh, yeah, just uh, hit me up on those social medias. Hit me up on Twitter. Follow follow me up on Twitter. I've been trying to build the Twitter page a bit, so please please go over there and do that. And thank you again for uh, checking out uh, talking schmodown. You know, and it, please please please, like I said. Just reach out. I love to talk about it. I don't have a lot of people to talk about it with. That's why I'm doing this podcast. So just reach out. And as always, we have been talking Schmodown.